Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, cats and kittens, it's time for another episode of Inside Hoffmaster's Head with your host, Jim Hoffmaster. Hey kids, how's it going? How's every little thing? Hope life is treating you all most kindly. It is uh, moving toward 1030 on a Monday morning. Uh, the days don't mean that much to me these days, but but I don't know. Monday still kind of feels like the start of a week for whatever that's worth. Uh, what's going on? It's Frankenstein Day today. I woke up to to that big news. Doesn't it seem like every day is a something day? It, it seems like it kind of devalues the notion of that. But, uh, but that said, um, I, I, I feel an affinity to uh, Frankenstein. And I know, I know Frankenstein is the doctor, not the monster. But come on, at this point, it's the monster. Um, but I feel an affinity uh, to, to Frankenstein. And when I, you know, and that's not, I don't know, that's not me being self-deprecating exactly. Um, when I was a kid, I didn't seem to have parents. Frankenstein didn't have parents. Uh, I had a, I had a thing about my appearance. I thought I didn't look like other people. Frankenstein didn't look like other people. Um, Frank, you know, I felt kind of weird and like an outsider and Frankenstein kind of the ultimate outsider. So, so, uh, I definitely felt an affinity for this, uh, for this poor guy, this poor guy, you know, misunderstood, misunderstood monster, you know? Uh, so anyway, uh, I joked on, uh, I joked on Facebook that I don't have any big plans for the day. I'm just going to, you know, maybe terrorize the villagers till they chase me down with, you know, pitchforks and torches. Um, but I, I have actually, I have ordered, uh, I don't know if I mentioned it uh, on this podcast, but uh, I am, I am uh, an action figure guy. I'm an old guy who likes toys. Hey, you know, whatever. Um, and mostly, mostly I have, uh, my, my action figures are comic book characters, DC and to uh, a certain extent and, and to a much larger extent, uh, Marvel, Marvel Legends, they are called. Um, but, but before superheroes, I was a monster, I was a monster guy. Uh, particularly my first monsters were, uh, were, were the universal, the universal monsters, you know, Frankenstein, Dracula, Wolfman. I didn't really give a shit about the mummy, but, uh, Creature from the Black Lagoon is pretty cool. Uh, but, uh, anyway, <clears throat> but back in the day when I was into the monsters like, uh, like that, they didn't have like cool, uh, you know, cool monster toys or cool action figures like they do, like they do now. Shh, shh, quiet. Uh, that's, that's Hamlet. He's going to come over and make some noise now because I'm doing, because I'm doing this. Uh, but anyway, um, 
but NECA, uh, a company that uh, makes action figures, uh, is, is coming out with a series of the Universal Monsters. I should not th these days be in the, uh, in the business of buying toys because I do not have a regular income these days. I got nothing. I got, well, I don't, I was about to say I got nothing coming in. I have nothing coming in on a regular basis. Uh, I'm an actor, so I do get residuals on the various little things I've done. And, uh, and I do these little cameo videos and uh, another, another company called Memo, as I, I hawk in, at the end of these podcasts. Um, so there is some money, but, but not enough so that I should be uh, spending money on toys. But, but, and I mostly don't, because uh, I, 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 uh, I made a rule. Because sometimes you have to make rules for yourself. And I said, toys are not, you know, just something to buy willy-nilly. They are prizes to be earned when you win something, Jim. And I thought that would slow me. I thought that would slow me down. Um, and uh, unfortunately, I'm not winning shit these days. <laughs> I haven't booked a, I haven't booked a, anything acting wise in forever, and I can't even think of what other anything else I could do to to uh, to earn to earn an action figure other than actually one thing has come up and and uh, something I'm I'm kind of proud of. Um, I I have been losing weight uh, because I. I blew up big time during the during the pandemic. I was I was in the two seventies, and uh, and when I uh, when I f first uh, weighed myself after a long time of not looking at scale, when I weighed myself around the beginning of the year, I was I was two seventy three. And now, uh, the last time I weighed myself, I was 245. And uh, so that's, that's taken quite a while, but still, I am pleased. And that 245 uh, is a fairly recent thing. Mostly, I, I got in the 250s like in February, uh, sometime in February. And just stayed there, uh, just languished in the 250s for quite some time. So I was very pleased, delighted to um, get on the scale recently and and see that I I made it into a new decade, as we say. Uh, those of us who are who are losing weight, you get down to another uh, to another decade, you know, from 250s, from the 250s to the 240s, and, um, and anyway, this is getting kind of long-winded, but this is my way of saying the one other thing where I could win a prize of getting to buy an action figure without guilt is, uh, to get down to my goal weight. What is my goal weight? Um... I, I think I listed it on the um, 
on the calorie counting app I use, Lose It, it's called. Um, I think I said 215. That's, that's, uh, that's above what my former goal in Weight Watchers would be, would have been, which was like 200. Actually, I think technically 195, but I set it at 200. Anyway, uh, I think me at 215 pounds uh, is would be pretty good. Maybe I'd want to lose more after that, but maybe not. Maybe I'd be fine with that. So anyway, when I get to 215 pounds, when I crack... I get there or crack that, um, yeah, we'll, we'll get something and be happy about it. Uh, but in the meantime, whenever I currently, whenever I buy an action figure, um, I feel kind of bad because that's not the rule. That's not the rule I set for myself. Doesn't mean I don't do it. Sometimes I have, uh, I have a lot of toys which w- would suggest that I, I do it frequently, but I don't do it as frequently as I would have had the rule not been set. Anyway, I say all that to say this. Um, I have ordered a, pre-ordered, a uh, Frankenstein figure from uh, a company called NECA, and uh, as I think I said, they do, um, they're doing the Universal Monsters, and... Um, and if I start winning prizes willy-nilly, if I start booking this thing and that thing and, uh, you know, figuring out other ways I can I can win big time enough to, you know, give myself toys, uh, I would get I would get Frankenstein, because he's my guy, and uh, Dracula. He's kind of my guy, too, in a way, I'll, I'll say in a moment. And the Wolfman, who's also kind of my guy, if... I think about it, and I'll explain that in a moment. Um, but for now, uh, we've we have pre-ordered we have pre-ordered the Frankenstein monster, and uh, and like I said, I feel a little guilty about it because I just wanted it. I didn't I didn't quote unquote earn it, but I'm getting it. Uh, but why are the other two guys also kind of? I think this is semi interesting. Um, talked about Frankenstein, that outsider thing, the feeling ugly and unloved and sad, you know, all that stuff. Um, kind of, you know, that spoke, that spoke to me, still kind of speaks to me, but spoke to me a lot when I was, when I was younger. Um, while that is true, Dracula spoke to me in a different way. Uh, I think I've, I've, I, not in this podcast, but I think I've said, like in my journal before, where in terms of the universal monsters, if Frankenstein was what I feared I was, you know, like this ungainly, you know, monster that, you know, people didn't love or whatever, uh, Dracula was a kind of more what I wished I was because he was, you know, he was powerful, kind of elegant, um, seductive, you know, Getting those, getting those women to come to him so he could bite them on their necks and get that sweet, sweet blood. Um, so he was more like a fantasy, uh, you know, kind of a power, power fantasy. And the Wolfman, uh, 
I, it, it's it's kind of a little looser, but still, I can kind of see a connective thing. Um, the anger that you're afraid of, you know, that 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 you fear that you're you're ta- you're tamping down, you know, you're tamping down an inner uh, an inner monster that could just come out and you know be terribly destructive or whatever. Um, I think the the comic equivalent of a, a character I sort of related to in that way would be the Hulk, the Incredible Hulk, uh, who who was kind of uh, at, uh, kind of triggered by uh, triggered by rage, you know, and then would you know destroy things and you know fight with the army and stuff like that. But but anyway, so Frankenstein Day. I don't really have any big celebrating, celebratory plans, but I do like the guy. I relate to him. Hey, I recently watched uh, Bob Ross, Happy Accidents, Betrayal, and Greed on uh, Netflix. And uh, I watched it, uh, I watched it in part because my friend Jane Rosemont, friend and director of Acting Like Nothing Is Wrong, future award-winning documentary about yours truly coming soon to a film festival near you, uh, she watched it and, uh, and, and liked it, and so I thought I would give it a try. Um, I, I, like probably a, a lot of people, particularly uh, of my vintage, would know who Bob Ross uh, is, was, um, because he was around for, uh, he was around for a long time and, uh, on, uh, PBS had a show, Joy of Painting. And, um, I don't know if, uh, if back in the day I ever watched an entire episode, but I would come across it and, you know, maybe watch for a while and, uh, never, you know, picked up an easel and tried to, you know, paint or anything, but, uh, but there's something, you know, I think like most people, I think if you, uh, tuned into the show, watched the show, it was more for the med- the calming, meditative, you know, sort of positive thinking, you know, aspect of it rather than learning how to paint. Uh, but maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Maybe I'm the only one who didn't pick up an easel and paints. Uh, but anyway, uh, I did, I watched the, uh, documentary myself and, um, um, I thought it was all right. I enjoyed it. Um, but it, it felt, um, a little thin for me personally, uh, just because they, they, it didn't really you know, give you much about Bob Ross that you, that you didn't know, you know, beforehand, or, I mean, if you don't know anything about him, you're going to learn some stuff about him, but, um, but he seemed, uh, he seemed to be something of a cipher to the people, to the people around him, you know, the people who were interviewed and whatever, they, they don't say anything, I don't know, terribly interesting or insightful about him. And, you know, he just, I don't know, seemed like a guy, uh, likable guy, apparently, and charismatic and, uh, 
uh, liked the ladies apparently, liked driving uh, fast and, and uh, doing that sort of thing. But uh, basically, you know, just a guy and, who painted. And um, the the uh, the PR for the documentary leading up to it, and the whole the idea of the title, betrayal and greed, and all that stuff. Um, there was there was PR leading up to it that suggested you know the deep dark secret of Bob Ross and that kind of thing. Um, there's no deep dark secret about Bob Ross, the man. Uh, the the secret the secret such as it such as it was, which I like I went in already kind of knowing um, w- was that he basically after uh, he died. He, he apparently basically signed away uh, the rights to his name, to his, uh, I don't know, business partners, quote-unquote, um, the, the Kowalskis, a couple. Um, and, uh, and they kind of edged out, you know, uh, Ross's son, Stephen, and, and uh, you know, kind of killed, killed off any uh, competition they they could around them they were seemed like they were fairly uh, tough uh, cutthroat business people and um, and that's the dirty betrayal greed secret and and like I said I kind of I knew that going in I had read a little about him um, I started watch I did start actually kind of watching uh, Bob Ross. Uh, recently in the past uh, year or two because when I got my latest uh, flat screen TV uh, a Samsung uh, it has a tier of channels of programming called Samsung Plus and one of the channels on Samsung Plus uh, is is the Bob Ross channel old, old uh, episodes of The Joy of Painting and um, I don't watch it regularly, routinely. Um, I, but I have on occasion. I think watched a watched a whole episode, or or watched from, you know, tuning into it to the completed painting, whatever. Um, I don't think that much of his paintings. I mean, they're fine. They're pleasant enough, I guess. Um, they seem kind of, I don't know, kitschy, you know. Um, that I talked with Jane about it, and we both kind of agreed that we might, uh, while we might conceivably, you know, have have if if we had a, an authentic Bob Ross painting, if we got our hands on one or something, we might put it up. Or, but would you put up uh, on your wall? Um, a, a comparable landscape and I don't think I would I don't think so but and and that's that's kind of an interesting aesthetic thing to me the the uh, you know I think I what did I just refer to as the painting as campy or kitschy or whatever um, it's interesting to me that I can, that you can look at a piece of art and uh, and have it be something I have no idea how to paint, and I can't I can't do it I can't do that I can't do what he he does 
you know, I imagine, I guess I could learn, but, you know, it's certainly uh, better than anything I could do. Uh, the, the dog's playing poker, you know, it's cornball, but it's better than I could do, you know. Uh, a lot of uh, Velvet Elvises are probably better than I could do, but that doesn't stop them from being kind of corny and kitschy, whatever. Um, anyway, uh, I watch the show sometimes, not routinely, but I, I will watch it when I come across it sometimes. And, uh, and it's enjoyable for, for the same reasons it was enjoyable, you know, every so often when I, you know, watch it for a few minutes back in the day. Uh, you know, it's calming that, that, that low, quiet voice of his that, uh, that he affected because, and I had never thought about that. That was, that's interesting. Of course he did. Nobody goes around talking in this whispery, you know, uh, quote unquote seductive voice, you know, not that I know of anyway. I know I certainly don't do it. Um, but, um, the, you know, the, the, the voice that was kind of quiet and calming and, you know, and the positive, you know, affirmation, nature, you know, his little affirmations, you know, happy accidents and that kind of thing. Um, it's, it, you know, it's appealing. And there's something, there's, there is something appealing about, about it, even if you're not picking up paints and actually learning how to paint from it. Um, but that said, the, the, I'm in a bit of a dilemma not a, you know, I've been in bigger dilemmas than this, but I'm in something of a dilemma after the documentary, which, and the dilemma is, um, knowing that Bob Ross is gone, he died a long time ago, like 95, something like that, he's been, he's been dead a long time, um, and, and, uh, his former business partners, the Kowalskis, uh, they're making all the money, the son, as far as I know, doesn't get anything. And uh, I, I think they maybe made some initial, like, token payment to him or something, but I don't... I, he's not getting a percentage of, of their earnings, which uh, it's millions of dollars a year. Bob, you know, uh, I, I don't I imagine between uh, syndicating the show and the, and the uh, Bob Ross uh, art... art supplies, you know, paintbrushes and the like that, uh, sell, uh, and all that stuff. They're, they're making a zillion dollars, but, uh, Bob Ross's family isn't, so far as I know, isn't making shit. Um, should I cancel, should I cancel Bob Ross? Should I not watch Bob Ross? Um, because it puts you know, in some roundabout way, it puts money into the Kowalski's pocket and, and the people who, you know, maybe should be getting the, the money aren't getting paid. But if I cancel Bob Ross and I don't, I, and I decide I'm never going to watch Bob Ross again, not a huge loss for me personally, not a, you know, that's not that big a deal. Like I said, I'm very, 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 very casual uh, consumer of, uh, Bob Ross and, and his, uh, TV show. Um, but if I, if I, if I don't watch it, 
if I decide I'm never, you know, contributing in any way to these, you know, uh, evil Kowalski people, um, am I, uh, is that, you know, because then there's, you know, I'm sure if Bob Ross were alive, uh, uh, he probably, I don't know if he'd approve of the business dealings and the way they've gone on, though he, he's the one who signed his name over. Uh, and I don't think they, they probably, you know, cajoled him, but they didn't uh, probably put a gun to his head. Um, but, but would, I don't know what I'm driving at. Uh, it just seems on the one hand, if it, do I decide I'm not going to watch Bob Ross because of the Kowalskis, but if I don't watch Bob Ross because of the Kowalskis, is am I kind of like taken away from Bob Ross? Which that's a weird thing to think. He's dead. I'm not taking shit away from Bob Ross, but but you know what I mean. It's kind of like you know. Um, I, I think I think what I was going to say was that I think. You know, if if Bob Ross, you know, were around, he'd probably be happy that his, you know, and retired, say, uh, he might be happy that his show is still being seen and enjoyed by people decades after, you know, he made he made them. Um, anyway, that's that's a mild a mild uh, dilemma. Um, but if you don't know much about Bob Ross and you're vaguely curious, it's a good documentary. Like I said, it seemed it was it seemed thin to me because I already I already knew the kind of basic uh, the basic outlines, and um, you don't like I said you don't learn like a lot about him. But but it, but it's kind of an interesting story. Uh, so so I would I would I would suggest it if you are interested. Uh, and and don't know a lot of the details. So anyway, uh, moving moving on. Well, um, I found out uh, yesterday, yesterday afternoon, that uh, Ed Asner died, and. Uh, as as I said in, on social media, uh, it's not exactly sad, per se. Uh, the man was ninety one years old, I think. Uh, earned you know earned seven Emmys in his lifetime, a number of Golden Globe awards, I think. Uh, uh, you know he he had a pretty friggin pretty friggin decent career. Uh, by all accounts, he seemed like he was a he was a good guy. He was uh, if if you are listening to this as a progressive liberal type person, he was one of us, and um, you know all around all around uh, pretty good guy, and uh, and and a really good actor. Um, and I wasn't while I wasn't sad, I was affected. Uh, I think, I think in the way, and maybe, I mean, I don't know, is this defined as sad when somebody dies and they're like really old, so yay, they got to live a long life and, uh, and they got to do what they apparently love to do, uh, 
most of their life, uh, got, you know, acclaim and money and success for it, all that stuff. So, so you're not, not sad for them, not even really sad for yourself or for myself, uh, because the work, the work's still out there. I can, I can watch, uh, I can watch a Mary Tyler Moore show or Elf or, uh, the Lou Grant show anytime I want. Though actually, I wouldn't quite know how to watch the Lou Grant. Uh, to watch Lou Grant, it wasn't the Lou Grant show. It was uh, Lou Grant. Uh, if if you're a younger person and you're like, I have no idea what he's talking about. Mary Tyler Moore show was a a, uh, a comedy sitcom back in the in the seventies, and. Um, the, the Lou Grant was a spinoff from that show with Ed Asner's character, news uh, newsman character, um, in a in a drama, a drama that lasted uh, pretty good for you know network television, uh, five years, and it might have gone on longer, but I think he uh, Asner uh, had some some political causes that didn't jibe with. Uh, certain advertisers and whatnot and I think that's how why the the show ended up only probably would have went on longer but but good for him for standing for his principles um anyway I feel uh I don't know the world the world I knew he was a little a little part of the world I knew and uh and 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 now he's gone. Increasingly, I'm going to be talking more and more, I guess. The older you get, the more and more, you know, if you talk about things in your past, you're talking about people who people who are no longer alive, places that no longer exist, uh, making references that nobody understands, talking about old TV shows that nobody watches anymore, that kind of thing. So it's a little sad on that front, I guess, but uh, but but good good for you know good for him for for a nice long life and a great career and you know making a lot of people happy. That's what it's about, after all. That's what I would like as an actor. I don't think it's going to happen. I mean, you know, I mean it can't happen to the degree it happened for him because I'm sixty years old. I'm not going to live another you know fifty years. Um, I'm hoping, I don't know, 30 would be, you know, nice if I keep all my faculties and shit, but, but anyway, uh, hey, I wanted to, uh, do something that, um, just kind of occurred to me when I, uh, when I started this podcast, uh, it's look, it's looking pretty rough in Louisiana. Those folks are, those folks are getting hammered, and it seems as if they get hammered on a fairly routine basis with uh, hurricanes and whatnot. But this one seems particularly bad. Uh, I I made a, um, a, a small de- donation to a to a uh, trustworthy charity. And, uh, and I would like to suggest if you have, uh, if you have some extra money lying around that you do, that you do likewise. Uh, I know a lot of us are in tough, challenging times, but, uh, 
it feels fairly safe to say that if you're listening to this, you, you're not you're not currently as challenged as uh, the folks in Louisiana. So if you can cough up a little something, that would be that would be nice. Uh, please, please, and thank you. I wish I were in a position where I could say, and if you do, I will, you know, uh, I will match your amount or whatever. I can't do that because. Uh, I ain't got I ain't got a lot of money myself, um, but but if we all do a little something, it'll end up being a big something. Uh, speaking of me not having uh, a lot of money, if you would like to subscribe to this podcast because you know you're one of you're one of my tens of fans, but uh, you haven't subscribed yet, uh, please feel free to do so. You can do so at. Uh, a 99 cent tier, a 4.99 uh, tier, or a 9.99 tier. Uh, but if you would like to do that, I would like you to do that, and then we'd both be happy people, just a little happier than we were before, because you'd be doing me a good deed, and I'd be a little, uh, I'd be a little more uh, solvent. So, please and thank you. Uh, what else? Oh, cameos. I do them. What are cameos, you ask? Well, they're fun little, fun little videos that uh, you can send, you can have me do for the shameless fan in your life on the occasion of their uh, birthday, anniversary, graduation, bar mitzvah, parole board hearing, you name it. You, you name it. If, uh, if you would like me to do a video for the shameless fan in your life, I will happily do it for... Uh, a very reasonable fee. So, if you want that to happen, if you want to make that happen and uh, delight that shameless fan in your life, just go to cameo.com forward slash shameless Kermit and uh, look like a hero to your to your friend or loved one. On that note, thanks for listening, folks. You certainly didn't have to, and uh, I appreciate it very much. Take care of yourselves. Talk to you soon. <laughs>